With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the WTF1 That Time When podcast series. It actually feels like a long time, Tommy and Dan, since I've actually spoken on one of these. It has. Do you, feel your, do you feel your knowledge is poorer because of it? Yeah, well, yeah, because you two gurus haven't been in my life for the last few weeks. But uh, Dan, did you just say who am I? Are you? Yeah, yeah, I did. Wow, I in- I introduced you to this, and then you're the one now saying who am I? Yeah, that's how it goes. Perfect. Right. Okay. Today we're going to talk about that time when only three cars finished at Monaco. What a race! Ooh. When when are we ever going to see that again? Probably not. Yeah. What, what year was that? It was 1996. Oh, so quite a while ago, 23 years ago. The first year I watched F1, actually. I was four yeah, years it's old. One of my earliest memories as well. Really? Oh. Yeah. I was four, so I don't remember it. Was it good? It was pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah. Let's find out, yes, shall we? Let's dive straight into it then. So let's start with the build-up. Apparently there's a, a very weird story about David Coulthard's race helmet. I th- is this to do with the Schumacher thing? Yeah, so um, a few people have messaged uh, a few ideas for that time when, which is great. Keep, please keep doing them. Uh, Using the hashtag WTF1 podcast. Of course. And um, yeah, uh, one of the suggestions, which we, we'll sort of cover it in this one, because I'm, unfortunately we couldn't do a 20-minute podcast on it because it's only About a tiny helmet. little yeah. fact. But uh, basically, it, in this Monaco Grand Prix, which we're going to be talking about, uh, strangely, David Coulthard wore Michael Schumacher's helmet. And why was that, Dan? Uh, well, in the in the warm up that morning, uh, Coulthard discovered that because it was wet, his helmet was misting up. And he it, was that a malfunction then, or was? Well, I'm not. I think it was just sometimes helmets mist up. Right. Um, he, I don't think he had any spares, and so he could, literally couldn't see. He, he couldn't see. Didn't like had no option to repair it. So basically, went to Michael and said do you, do you have any spare helmets i can use for the race please and of the two people yeah. that you think you know this was obviously before their collision yeah i mean the reason for it was because obviously uh michael schumacher was uh and well ferrari were heavily sponsored by marlborough at the time and so was uh coulthard's mclaren so he could wear the helmet put his own visor on which had mclaren sponsor and it would look while it would look like literally michael schumacher is driving from mclaren but it would still at least have his sponsors on so to keep them happy yeah uh, and yeah it's one of those weird things where any if you see a picture of david coulthard from that race a lot of people are like that must be photoshopped like you know it's when not, people do those yeah imagine what would happen if, if yeah. blah 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 and yeah it looks it looks almost photoshopped but yes david coulthard wore michael schumacher's yeah. helmet and this was before they disliked each other very much yeah i don't think they were best of friends uh, well, I don't know, really. I guess was they... Schumacher ever really best of friends with many people in the paddock? Really, yeah. he sort of distanced himself a bit. But um, but, it was but the... and Coulthard had a few fisticuffs along the way, didn't they? They did later on. Later, later on, yeah, yeah when yeah. they were sort of both in top was, stars yeah. going for it the wins. It was the same helmet that Schumacher had used to finish third, I think, in the Brazilian Grand Prix that year. Oh wow! So uh, it's so there you uh, go. 
Still with the sweat from Interlagos. Mm. Michael Schumacher's sweat. Okie dokie. So let's talk about the actual reason why we're here then. Three cars finishing the Monaco Grand Prix. I mean, that is pretty epic. If that happened, you know, Williams could actually get a podium. Which... There's like, like a F1 game public lobby. Like, Literally. Everyone insane. disconnects. Just yeah. going backwards, trying to DNF as many people as possible. Um, so only three made the checkered flag, which is ridiculous to even think. Yeah, um, 22. 22 cars, cars at the time in 96, so... So let's go with yeah. the first retirement, which was actually before the race. Montemini crashing in the warm-up and couldn't re- uh, repair the car. For the yeah, race. so before uh, anyone that's new-ish, well, probably, well, God, when was the last time they did warm-up? When did they uh, start doing I think that? they stopped in 2003, I think. I think. Okay, so yeah, two, before uh, 2003, uh, there used to be a warm-up session, with, which was, as suggested, a warm-up. So essentially like another practice session for cars to go out and perfect their race setup, I just guess, before, okay. just before the race. Yeah. How long would it be? An hour. An hour, yeah. An hour. But, an hour. So, yeah. Uh, for this race, it was actually, there was two warm-up sessions because the rules at the time said if the first warm-up was dry and then it rained before the race, they would have another 15-minute session so that they could oh, get geez. used to the track in the wet. Nah, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. It kind of takes away the unpredictability a bit, doesn't it? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Although... Apparently not, because only three cars <laughs> yeah. finished the race. Yeah. The warm-up did absolutely <laughs> yeah. nothing for this so, race. So, yeah, Montemini, who was driving for a four, uh, for 40, who, um, we, you know, like, people people mention about Williams being backmarkers. This is, like, 90s backmarker team literally scraping the barrel for every penny. Yeah. Like, and, you know, he crashed in warm-up, and they couldn't repair the car in time for the race. Well, yeah, especially if warm-up is literally the same day, right? Yeah. It's not like yeah. even Verstappen, you know, crashing an FP3 and that sort of stuff. You know, yeah. they, they can't turn it around even in these days, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's uh, pretty crazy. So that was the first retirement of Speaking many. of Verstappen. Uh, yes, yeah, <laughs> a lovely little tie in there. Uh, you won't obviously like talking about this because you're a Verstappen fanboy, just in well, general. You love the family, right? Well, I wasn't a fan at the time because he you wasn't driving the board. orange arrows. He wasn't driving the orange okay. arrows yet. So this was before the stealing. This was, I was Damon Hill all the this way this is the Damon Hill era yeah <laughs> it's still the Damon Hill era now for you isn't it really <laughs> um so Verstappen was the first race retirement uh starting and this is Jos Verstappen for people wondering that yes. you know, Max wasn't Max minus is, 10 yes, at this point Max's dad <laughs> who you may uh, often see in the Red Bull garage yeah yes um so he started the race on slicks on a wet track as a Verstappen it would do I suppose yeah. a ballsy move yeah I mean um, it's like soaking wet yeah it wasn't your like Canada 2011 like rain and stuff like it, w- it wasn't absolutely outrageous but he threw the dice he, yeah. yeah he saw the track it was, the was greasy to, yeah. and it was it was going to dry at some point because it wasn't chucking it down it was just a greasy wet track uh and he thought you know i'm in an arrows why not gamble and it didn't pay off because he went straight into the wall at turn one well we'll never know it wasn't because it wasn't necessarily his fault oh he uh he did his usual thing. Jos Verstappen was basically known for being incredible at starts. Yeah. And he made up three places off the start at Monaco yeah. in the wet on slicks, which like gives you an idea of how good he was at it. Yeah. Tried to go around the outside of Hakkinen at Sandevoort and Hakkinen just sort of ran wide, nudged him and he went into the wall. Oh. Also, uh, I don't know if, if he could have carried on, but uh, when I was watching the race back, um, interesting thing that I learned in that race was arrows had actually run out of front wings because verstappen and his teammate ricardo ross had had so many accident <laughs> accidents during the weekend that that was their that the two on the car were their last front wings wow so if if they even if they'd hit the front wing and he could carry on 
there, there was no replacement for him. And I bet they're wishing they could have carried on with the well, yeah. three cars finishing the race. Um, so Verstappen was the first of many casualties in the Monaco Grand Prix of 96. So lap one, the two Minardis collided. Yeah, same cor- oh, coming out of the same corner, uh, turn one, they crashed into each other. Uh, Rubens Barrichello spun out as well on lap yeah, one. He, so he, Barrichello got damaged from contact at the first lap and they sort of, I think that's what made him spin. Right, a classic um, sort of ni- mid nineties F one start where there's a, they're a lot more clean these days. Mm. Uh, it, you know, you you may argue better drivers, but you know they they kept their nose clean. Whereas I don't think it was that uncommon that there'd at least be some kind of turn one crash in that kind of era, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, Sandovot was a lot tighter then as well. There wasn't the runoff on the inside; it was literally just barriers around the corner, and it was a bit narrower, so a lot yeah. harder, a lot more difficult. And that wasn't the only. Uh, a few people that, kept, that went out. There was also Michael Schumacher. A certain Michael Schumacher. Don't want to talk gonna... about this. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. You were four, four and it still hurt. Yeah, I know, right? It just, you just didn't even know about there. F1 then. <laughs> no, I did actually. I was probably plonked in front of the television, right. having absolutely no idea what's going on. But uh, Schumacher, the pole sitter, yeah, uh, so how, did, how did he go about the race? So, yeah, big shock. I mean, uh, am I right in saying this was the race after Spain? Uh, no, I think this was before Spain. Before Spain. Yeah, okay, yeah. so like the race... Uh, in the next race, like Spain, he obviously dominated in the wet. He He's known for completely dominating wet races. Uh, so it was a massive shock that Schumacher would make a mistake. Um, I cannot remember the name of the corner. After uh, Lowe's hairpin. And I think it's called right. like Lower Mirabeau or something like that. Mirabeau? Is it yeah, Mirabeau? Mirabeau's the is one the... before the hairpin. And I think the right-hander after the hairpin is called Lower Mirabeau. And okay, then it's so that's a couple of corners before the tunnel, right? Yeah, yeah the one yeah. straight after the Yeah, so hairpin. the right-hander before, uh, the first right-hander before they go into the tunnel. Yeah. Um, and Schumacher hits the curb and, you know, greasy track and slams it into the wall. And he was on pole. Damon Hill had overtaken him at the start, but Schumacher was, you know, one of the favourites for the race because it was prime Schumacher conditions. He's amazing at Monaco. That was his chance to win for Ferrari. Yeah. 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 And he didn't. And he didn't. He and that, that's six cars out on lap one. Six cars out. So we're, after lap one, 16 of 22 remaining. Which is more than... It, like if six cars retired in f1 race now you'd be like this is a race of attrition <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um so 16 left uh going into lap two uh so let's run through a few more retirements in the next few laps that that, that can that sort of carried on from there so katayama in the tyrrell spun out on lap two yeah ricardo rossett the legendary teammate of jos verstappen uh <laughs> not yeah i mean ricardo rossett wasn't the greatest of drivers um yeah he was out on lap three uh Deniz, who uh Olivier Panis's teammate in Ligier, he had a transmission transmission trouble on lap five. Uh Gerhard Berger, who was driving for Benetton, so he was you know, Benetton were pretty good at that era, like he he could have won the race, like if yeah. he had kept going. Yeah. Um he had a gearbox problem on lap nine. Uh Martin Brundle spun out on lap thirty. So, left? so we're 11 left out of 22. So half the field are out by lap 30. Yeah. Uh, ten, and it's a 10 out by odd, lap 9. It's a 70 odd lap race, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, 78 Monica? laps. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. not even half race distance and we have half the field remaining. Now, turning our attention to the front now. So Damon Hill was comfortably leading after taking Schumacher at the start. 
that correct? Yeah. Uh, he was just chilling. He was che- he checked out he, pretty he much. Literally he literally just he was pulled gone. away like seconds yeah. a lap from everyone yeah. else. He was dominating. So he was in a class of his own. And there was a huge queue of cars behind Irvine. And who couldn't pass? Shock. Monaco. Yeah, Monaco. Um, th- th- there were a few passes going on. Um, but Irvine was proving very difficult to overtake. There was a massive queue behind Irvine. Uh, who was driving for Ferrari at the time? Uh, yeah, but but one of the one of the kind of key players, which if you don't, we won't we won't spoil it if you don't know what the <laughs> result was. But uh, Olivier uh, Olivier Panis, who'd started the race in fourteenth, was starting to yeah make make moves up the field uh, in a Ligier, which you know wasn't would, wasn't expected to do well probably the equivalent of like a racing point nowadays like okay. yeah very much a lower midfield team yeah. never expected to do anything great but yeah he w- he was starting to um you know make some moves on people but and, he and to clarify into the points was sixth place sixth you needed points sixth and above yeah yeah uh, but yeah panis was driving extremely well he overtook hakkinen and herbert uh, but the track was drying, so um, he came in for an early pit stop and put slicks put on. Slicks on, and after that, he was he, really quick. Yeah, that's when he started. Sort of, he came out in a bit of clear air, and he was one of the first to put the slicks on. And there were times for lap after lap, he was like four or five seconds a lap quicker than anybody else on the track. Wow, he was seriously going for it. And then eventually, he came up to Eddie Irvine, and everyone the whole race had spent time like behind him, being unable to get past. Frenson tried to have a go, but knocked his front wing off and had to pit. Um, Panis comes up to Irvine. They come up to the Lowe's hairpin, just thinks, I'm not going to sit behind you for the whole race, and just literally throws it down the inside, barges Irvine into the wall, and carries on. Barges him into the wall? Yeah. yeah. So he, Irvine he, was out? Yeah. Uh, no. no. Uh, so Irvine, um, so yeah, like Panis dives down the inside, and it literally just like bounces into Irvine, it's a proper like British touring car overtake, you know. Well, I mean, like, we've seen that at Lowe's hairpin a few times in recent yeah, years. You yeah, know, yeah. Not I think Satil did it a few times. Yeah, it, or yeah. Something. Yeah, uh, it is possible, uh, but there was contact. Um, these are, these are the days before they started like investigating every single minor bit of contact, and apparently major contact as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, Panis made his way into third place. Uh, so like up in the podiums for Ligier, uh, which is pretty incredible. Uh, and Irvine was stuck against the barrier, but they pushed him back, didn't they? Yeah. They like got him back onto the track. Yeah, he thought he had to retire. So he'd undone his seatbelt. So then he drove back to the pits and said like, oh, I've, I've undone my belts, we're out. And Ferrari said, no, we've spoken to the stewards. If we do your belts up and put a new front wing on, you can carry on back out again. So that's wow. what he did. Yeah. So he continued. Um, and the next incident was uh, your man. Tommy, yeah, your your Still idol, hurts. Damon yeah. Hill, retiring from the lead on lap forty with an engine failure. Yeah, so like this was an era where Renault were, you know, probably the best engine. It was pretty. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, he, he, Renault engine failures weren't a thing like they are now. No, they sorry, weren't a meme. sorry, well, Renault uh, memes didn't exist back then, but they wouldn't yeah, have been a meme. Um, but yeah, Williams, Williams, Renault were an unbelievable team. Like eh, anyone listening now, would be like. Wait, so Williams with a Renault engine were dominant? (laughs) Yes, yes, they were in 1996. They were far and away the best team. Uh, And yeah, Damon Hill was leading very comfortably. And um, yeah, the the most gutting thing for Damon Hill was his father, Graham Hill, was known as Mr. Monaco and had won the Monaco Grand Prix five times. And 
you know damon hill really wanted to win that race as sort of like a tribute to his father i yeah. guess um, yeah. and this was realistically his best chance so absolutely gutting for him that he was you know he was he was gonna win that race and uh yeah engine failure and i remember yeah he, came, he went the literally the it's like a proper old school engine blurb where like smoke's pouring out the back yeah. through the tunnel and he was out and uh jean lacy ended up leading yeah yeah and but damon hill never won monaco he never no, won monaco no. But he did win the British Grand Prix, which his father never managed. So that's so there's yeah. a trade. I'm sure yeah, he'd yeah. probably prefer to win the British Grand Prix, wouldn't he, than than Monaco? I don't know. Well, yes. I guess they're two very different. I guess yeah. you'd all yeah. win both. Monaco, obviously, is the Monaco the in your home is what the drivers champion. most want to do, don't they? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Which is a shame, but uh, as you say, he he managed the uh, the British Grand Prix. So Alesi took the lead until lap sixty, when Alesi retires with a suspension failure. Yeah, I mean, John Alesi leading, you'd think. Oh, Alacy's leading, like he's pretty much won this race, but it's John Alacy. There was right. Alacy conditions as well, you know, slightly wet track. You know, he was another driver like Schumacher, he's very good at that sort of conditions. Um, and, you know, he probably would have won. Uh, at that point, he was about half a minute ahead of Panis. Panis had been catching him uh, at quite a rate of knots, but he span off on Damon Hill's oil. Uh, and lost about 10 seconds and then his pace sort of went off after that a little bit so uh probably wanted to think maybe he probably, consolidate the yeah podium. yeah yeah but uh but yeah Lacey Lacey was one of those drivers wasn't he that oh, like could, his luck you literally could not imagine it like we we've done a listicle before in the past where Lacey was leading at Monza I think it was and his camera came off and hit Berger yeah and yeah destroyed Berger's car so like Berger went out the race and then Lacey's engine blew up so it denied a Ferrari 1-2 and like his luck like he led so many races and he, could, like he, he could have won he could have won 10, 10 Grand Prix yeah. easily one. one one race one race yeah he was a lot better than one Grand Prix and what race was that uh, Canada 95, 95, 95 yeah. yeah you two are just on his birthday on, on his birthday yeah oh, okay well there you go then that's ca- that counts as 10 right yeah okay, <laughs> cool um so Panis then so sorry the yeah Lacey uh, retired with the suspension failure um and you had the ridiculous kind of situation where, yeah, there were only nine cars this now. Uh, yeah. yeah, nine cars left. And uh, Panis is leading the race in Olivier, which and the, is at this point, mad. is it dry? Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty much, much dry. Yeah. Um, I think towards the end of the race, there were a few spots coming down, but it was largely okay. dry for the second half of the race. So there were bits where like, it kept raining a little bit again because Coulthard at this point, in, in his Michael Schumacher helmet, was in uh, second place and the gap was sort of like toing and throwing a bit between them yeah, two the whole yeah. race. Like he'd catch up and then he got within like a second at one point and then dropped back a little bit. Um, but yeah, more retirement still to go. Yes, so then... Olivier Panis in a, as you call it, a sport pays or racing point car-esque, yeah. uh, is leading the race. Uh, the Monaco Grand Prix, not a bad place to be leading. Uh, and then we move on to Villeneuve crashing into Badoa, who he was lapping. Yeah, yeah, that was a bit earlier in the race, I think. Um, but yeah, yeah, Villeneuve was lapping Badoa, and Badoa just didn't see him and took him out. And uh, the FIA, we were saying this is the area of no penalties, but the FIA thought that was stupid and gave Badoa a suspended two-race ban. Okay. Did he ever serve that or was he No, okay? no, no. Oh, right. So. But yeah, he was being lapped. So that was two more out. So we're down uh, to seven. Which seven out of 22. Seven. Uh, so literally everybody is scoring points bar one. Bar at one. This stage. Uh, but we move on to the greatest and most hilarious moment of the race, <laughs> which <laughs> like of like crashes are never really 
shouldn't be funny, but this one is like unbelievable and probably epitomizes the race. So uh, Eddie Irvine, obviously we mentioned earlier, he was many laps down uh, at this point because he'd you know been pushed back onto the track, and 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 again, yeah, like the track was greasy and uh, just where Michael Schumacher had gone off, so the right hander after the hairpin, yeah. uh, Eddie Irvine lost it and went off. So you think, you know, if he doesn't rejoin, that's six cars left. Uh, but instead, he decides to do a spin turn. And as he's doing a spin turn, Mika Salo and Mika Hakkinen both come around the corner together <laughs> and all slam into the back of each other. So literally, Ed, Eddie Irvine, uh, so it's a blind corner, as, you, yeah, as you'll know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, is it Hakkinen behind Salo? Yeah, Salo so, first like, Yeah, Hakkinen is right up behind Salo, you know, probably going to put a move on him at some point. Like they're, they're glued together on the track, come around this blind corner and Mika Salo's view is of a car spinning and stopping and they all plow into the back of each other and that's three more gone. Oh yeah. my goodness. How many safety cars did this race have? Uh, did they even have safety? Like, they don't think they... Did they I have think there might have been one at some point. I don't remember, but the, the marshals are like they, they, yeah, in yeah. Monaco. Like they they often do like double waved yellows, and I yeah, guess because yeah. there was only three cars left, you got all the like, time in the world. To all clear the time in the world to clear it. That is amazing. So so uh, the hilarious crash, which uh, by the sounds of it, everyone should go and look up and and have a watch of. Yeah, have a watch of that. Race, that is honest. just mad. So four cars left, and then another one bites the dust. Frenson. Yeah. So. Frenson just came into the pits to retire, didn't he, on the last lap? Yeah, I think that he was so far behind and the race was reaching its two-hour time limit. So he just came in because there was really no point in him doing any more. Yeah, because he would finish fourth anyway. Regardless, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is <laughs> mad. Like, I will cash in, it, thank you. Imagine like retiring on the last lap of a race in a Sauber. Like, you'd normally be gutted, but actually you're like finishing fourth and getting a really good result yeah like, yeah it's pretty although he could have won the crazy. race if he hadn't hit his front wing on the back of Irvine I think earlier by on. the sounds of it about 10 people anyone could have won yeah that's very true very true uh, <laughs> I mean, if, if uh, things hadn't happened so um yeah so Frenton comes in and then only the podium races are going round. so yeah. yeah like literally the driver that's last on the road gets on the podium like that is absolutely <laughs> which insane. was Johnny Herbert which was Johnny Herbert absolutely mental so the race went to the two hour time limit uh, 75 laps completed out of the uh, 78 which were yeah. uh, originally planned uh, and Olivier Panis won for Ligier from 14th on the grid the lowest Monaco's ever been won from I'm and not surprised ever will ever. be yeah, again yeah. like unless you know the only thing I can think of that will ever happen is that if there's some kind of like someone starts last and gets lucky with like a safety car and a tire switch and maybe yeah. inherits the lead or something but yeah to win from 14th at monaco in a midfield car uh we should probably say like he'd never won a race no before. no um, um, have you been on the podium before yeah yeah had, yeah he had a couple, had a couple of podiums, podiums but, but I, that, that wasn't too discommon for a midfield team no like, no but one of the interesting things uh i found out was that at the start of the year ligier actually wanted to drop him um, oh. he'd been with the team for two years he was a Formula 3000 champion like was quite highly rated but in 1995 he'd had a few mistakes and the team was sort of wondering whether he was the right person Okay. Um, Tom Walkinshaw Racing which had bought a stake in Ligier tried to do a driver switch and send him off to IndyCar and bring in Gilles de Ferran who is with McLaren now if the name sounds familiar um, but eventually that didn't go through so Panis was sort of almost that year driving for his career a little bit and then he and, wins the and then Monaco, he wins Grand, the Monaco Grand, Prix. Grand Prix and that sort of fired him up and called off the uh, 
the speculation about his seat. So I bet a treacherous race, <laughs> and uh, by the sounds of it, and well, only three people finished: Panis in first, Coulthard second, and Johnny Herbert in third. Yeah, I mean, what a ridiculous podium yeah. that is! Like, uh, bearing in mind, McLaren in '96 weren't exactly race-winning material either. No, so no. you've pretty much got three midfield teams locking out the podium, uh, and well, uh, m- mid midfield teams first, second, third, fourth, fifth. It, yeah, all yeah, the points. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, Frentzen, Mikasalo, and Mikahakinen. Mika so, yeah. literally, like none of the top teams, Benetton, Ferrari, or Williams, even getting a point. Which, imagine that nowadays. What an unbelievable race. Uh, uh, well, I was four years old, so I don't remember, but you guys obviously saw it. It's, and it was my first Monaco race that I ever watched. Yeah, so yeah, maybe, yeah, so yeah I definitely it, peaked. It made me a Panis <laughs> fan. That's why. I was That's like, why you love Monaco now. It's because <laughs> you're like, you, you just have 1996 in your memory. I just, yeah, just, <laughs> just I know it can be good. Come, like, yeah, one seven, day we'll get another Monaco 96 yeah, moment. With 19 <laughs> cars retire. Yeah, and stroll wins. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. So so why don't we see as many retirements these days? How come we saw, I mean, obviously it didn't happen that often and we had, you know, we don't ever usually see three cars finish a race, but what allowed 1996 to be that crazy? Well, reliability is a big one. You had a lot of spins and a lot of crashes, but back then it wasn't uncommon for six or seven cars to drop out with technical issues. Yeah. Whereas today, you know, one or two in a race is quite yeah, a lot. Yeah, there are quite a few technical issues. Uh, technical issues as well as driver errors as well yeah uh and with the greatest of respect to the era obviously you had greats like uh schumacher hill villeneuve lacy panis uh, panis hackenen <laughs> uh but you know we may take the mick out of maybe you know a driver like stroll for being a pay driver and he's not very good like he won the Formula 3 championship. He is an incredible racing driver. In nine, in the mid-90s, a pay driver was literally like, rich gentleman guy, do you want to drive a Formula 1 car even if you're 20 seconds a lap slower? Yes, okay. Like, some of them were, like, truly dreadful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, and, I'm sure we'll know, maybe the, do a... At that yeah. time, went on some pay drivers or something. Yeah, but, you know driver skill uh cars are obviously harder to drive than they were now um yeah. like you know formula one cars now so little um driver errors because the drivers are so good and you know the the technology that's involved in it there's so much aero grip now as well i mean if you go back and look at qualifying sessions from the mid 90s around monaco the drivers are literally drifting the cars around the corners yeah. because that was the quickest way because the aero wasn't strong enough to sort of overcome the mechanical grip so you would just drive it like a cart around the track um, and yeah, that, and, and that and, leads to more errors, I think. And I was wa- I was watching the race, and um, you know, at the start when when it's wet, they're doing they're doing lap times in two two minutes around Monaco, like that's that's <laughs> mad. And they're, they're, like what what they're doing now, like one ten in qualifying trim or something, yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely crazy. But um, uh, yeah, if, excuse me if this is like totally bollocks but the um as well like monaco i feel like they try a lot more to perfect the track a little more maybe nowadays as well like back in 96 like they had so so many more like painted white lines and things which obviously like yeah in in the wet that could be true yeah, yeah yeah in the in the wet like you know they always go on about painted Mm. you know like the paint yeah. if you get on the slippy. paint and it's yeah. slippy 
Um, I don't feel like they covered that up as much as they do no, now, whereas no. now they actively try and make sure that there's n- almost no, like, Places Mario Kart-style catch <laughs> people out. Yeah, I mean, the health and safety is a, an element, isn't it? You know, yeah, the, the safety kind of, of F1, is, whereas, and... yeah, b- back then it wasn't so, so much of a thing. Yeah, so the the downforce of today's cars definitely helps um, drivers around Monaco uh, compared to in the nineties, yeah. where they were, as Dan said, drifting, struggling. Yeah, I think I think it's either Gerhard Berger or John Lace. It's one of the Ferraris. There's, there's a sort of video on YouTube of one of them doing a lap, and it is pretty sensational, like how sideways they're getting, and you think, how is that fast? And then they go top of the times. It's crazy to think that yeah, three cars finished that race, and I wouldn't be surprised that this year if only three people retired from the race in yeah that's yeah. how few retirements you get nowadays yeah like it's it's rare that anyone retires like you're pretty much used to almost the whole pack finishing yeah which is odd i think we've pretty much done for today would you say yeah yeah any, yeah. any more guru comments well, I, just from wanna, I just want to say that if anyone's thinking that palace's win is a lucky win I will have them. Oh, because Dan will it, have it, it that, an, Yeah, we should probably say that actually. Yeah, because I think there was Pat, luck involved. Yeah, but but he proved himself was very quick during the he race. Was and, one of the quickest guys, and in the morning warm-up session, the first one that was completely dry, he was fastest than that as well. So on merit, he was quickest round Monaco in a Ligier in dry conditions. Yeah. Okay. Let's. You know, <laughs> this is warm-up. This is like testing. Yeah, but <laughs> I think I think, I think um, I think you're right. Like. You know, there are drivers that have inherited wins because literally everyone's fallen out. And yes, Damon Hill retired and John Alacy retired. But, but that's, like, that's still 11 that's places still, he made up. At yeah, Monaco. exactly. 11 places he made up. Like, he was the only one putting in overtakes and overtakes. He was so much quicker. He was he, the bravest to gamble on the tie change. That, he yeah. fought for that win. So, like, fair play. Yeah, it was he, a he fully deserved win. It wasn't a lucky win. Yeah. And the following year, he finished fourth in similar conditions. So it wasn't just a one-trick pony. How many people uh, went out in the next year's race? Do you know? Uh, not as many, I don't think. No. No. But Schumacher won by a lapping lot. the entire field. Yeah, and I think it was seven seconds a lot quicker on the first oh. lap or something. It's, it's crazy, yeah. <laughs> Didn't crash that time. But no, yeah, no, shows how uh, yeah. Amazing. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for watching. This that time when three cars Listening. finished. Well, oh, yeah. Well, I, I'm so used to people <laughs> seeing us listening and watching if you're watching the waves on your screen or just looking at a screen cool that's great uh, if you want to uh, you know send us any stories or topic ideas just uh, use the hashtag wtf1 uh, or send us a message on instagram yeah um and we'll we'll take the best ones and, and put that into the pot won't we yeah um, yep. uh, yeah we've got some good ones lined up so yeah keep sending your suggestions in yeah and make sure you also give us a rating and a review on whatever platform you're listening on yeah. whether we're, at, we're uh, at five stars now well, when were we ever not? We were at 4.5, actually, well, for a while. Well, we shouldn't be. Why oh. would we be on 4.5? Because people listen to this? naughty people gave us one star <laughs> when we started. Oh, it's amazing. Anyway, thank you so much, guys. Please, as I say, uh, give us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts or whatever uh, platform you're, you're listening on. And that is it. That time when is done. Do you know what the next one's going to be? Do we know what the next one's going to be? We do. It's, a, it's spicy. Well, spicy. No, it's good. It's, it's a good one. It, it will blow your mind when you hear the title. Blow but your we're, mind. Not, we're not going to spoil it. We're not going to spoil we'll, it. We'll leave you We're thirsty. not going to spoil the title. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're not going to do it. Spicy, get ready. See you then. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Ta-ra. Bovril. <laughs> <laughs>